Yo, yo, yo. It's episode 47 of the Game Time Show, bro. I'm Keith. I'm Kevin. I'm Steve. And we'll be your bros for the evening. Guys, what's up? What's up? Not much. We're 47. We're close. Yeah, yeah, I'm, so only tw- I'm only 27. We're near, Yeah, right. Oldie. So this, no. is the, this is the first time we've ever like dropped the number it's in true. the intro. And getting, it's, I'm getting excited for episode 50. You're starting a countdown. It it makes us feel more important in my eyes, you know? Like, yeah. we've been doing this for off and on for 47 episodes. It's a while. There's very few things that I've ever stuck to this long. It's true. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's a number. <laughs> sure is a number, Keith. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kevin, you seem nonplussed by this whole thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just a number. You can your, your podcast can act any age it wants to be. I mean, it's it, sure, it's a milestone, to mm-hmm. be sure. Hit 50. But can it rent a car? We're talking <laughs> video games. Uh, Stevie, what have you been playing? I have been playing Mass Effect still. I've been. It's been a fairly busy summer. Is this going to be one of those podcasts where you're just like, I've been playing this still. Yeah, and then I've yeah, been playing still playing still. Fire Emblem since like March, whenever it came out. Okay. Um, I don't think it was March, was it? No, it been. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It was March because um, I think uh, Fire Emblem and Dark Souls came out around the same time. Oh, shit, I've been. Anyway, so still that playing game, that. Idiot. I will. I have to before Pokemon comes out in November. I have to because I'm getting Pokemon no matter what. Um, and then still playing Pokemon Go, still enjoying it. They just updated it a little bit. A little buddy system action where you get to carry around a little guy next to you. Well, not technically on the screen, but you walk around, you get candies for your little Pokemon and you get a better uh, chance of... Yeah evolving pokemon yeah, can we now ta- can great. we talk about something you just said yes um you don't see the fucking pokemon on the screen no you, you know he's just like a little icon sometimes like i want to see i want this to be pokemon yellow i want pikachu to be following me around everywhere apparently at some point pikachu does do that but only pikachu only pikachu mm-hmm. hmm. it's hmm. like a little easter egg that they threw in there great well, I, I think it kind of makes sense because already clicking on a Pokemon to catch can be tricky sometimes. Yeah. So maybe if there's one less Pokemon on the screen, it's not so bad. But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, not my people problem, did, Kevin. Not people, my problem. I just want to see Pikachu. I just want to see him. I Him? Ne- either. I, well, yeah, it depends. Well, I think he's a boy in the, in the anime. But okay. But he's voiced yeah. by a lady. But so is Ash. So. And Bart sure. Simpson. Yep. Yep. So really. And Nidoran. Who's that? Found no, out. Pikachu is a boy because uh, girl Pikachus have hearts on their tails. Ooh, true. Wow. Little known fact for yep. me, at least. Yep. That yep. sounds awesome. Um, I I would like to see more customization options for our, our trainers because <laughs> I'm getting a little sick of just skinny, weird anime hair, red shirt kid that's supposed to be my avatar. Yeah. I've never worn a red shirt in my life. Otherwise, completely photorealistic version of me. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. If we were all in like JRPGs. Aren't we? Yeah. Aren't we not? Well, what do you I think mean, I have this, this cool is... fly hairstyle? Uh, debatable. 
Stevie. Why do you think I dyed my hair this color? Wait, what? what? Is this what? the episode where we reveal that? No, we have to wait three episodes. Yeah, for episode no, that's 50. episode fifty. Like, so that's why we're recording it. it. Teaser. Yeah, we're we're teasing three episodes from now already. Uh, and we're struggling through another, this. Another <laughs> another complaint I have about uh, the new buddy system. Okay, three kilometers per candy. Are you fucking kidding me? It's it. It is dependent on the Pokemon, but I feel you. It's dependent on the Pokemon? Yeah. Okay. So, so. Mo- a lot of them are 3K. Some of the, the starters are all 3K. The like Pidgeys, Rattatas, Caterpies, Weedles, most of them are 1K. For one candy. For one candy. That's stupid. And, more candy. And I hate this game. <laughs> and uh, like the 10K eggs like Dragonite, Snorlax, uh, uh Onyx, Kabuto, off the top of my head, Kabuto are all five k, five k for one candy. Okay, so what if so? Let me let's say I have a Magikarp and I have like fifty candy. Magikarp is one k. Oh, it's only one k. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just have to yeah, walk three hundred fifty kilometers to get a Gyarados. Right, four hundred. Four hundred. No, I thought it was no. So I I said I had I said I had fifty. Oh, oh, yes. oh okay. Then, yes. So then yeah, it's four hundred total, yep. right? Correct. Okay. Um. Yeah, or you could just catch a Gyarados like randomly. Like yeah. you could catch a Gyarados tomorrow in a parking Here? lot in in Groton. Yeah, in, probably in, not Groton. I don't live in Groton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here and boop. Here and beep. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen. I don't see those types of Pokemon, Kevin. All Come I, to Boston sometime. Yeah. So I was in. I was at Fenway yesterday, and my phone immediately died. Uh, and then, and then when I charged it, it was broken. So mm. uh, I didn't get experience big city living with a as i'm pokemon training that's well, okay we're gonna we we did a pokemon day uh recently with a, a decent sized group of us walked around uh boston had yeah, some fun did some good. walking did some drinking did some drinking so if you want in on the next one did some drinking outside it was my fun. favorite activity uh, it's yeah true. i mean it's i true. need to drink to enjoy pokemon go at yeah, this point duh. I need to drink um, to enjoy so so yes it is like a lot of kilometers to get a single candy and it's kind of frustrating in that sense however on the other side if they made it like if, it, if they made it across the board they need to have some parity of like these pokemon are this many the smaller version like pidgeys and shit are one and then the the really big ones are they're like the really like overpowered yeah. and really powerful ones are a lot more because if they made it all 1k for every pokemon one candy the the end game and like the late game would be and you're already seeing it, even without the buddy system. Yeah, is Snorlax, Dragonite, Lapras. That's it. Well, when you only have one metric for uh, determining, like who the battles aren't that interesting. Battles only seem interesting. Most right. of the time, battles are just who's the biggest CP. All right, you win. Yeah, more I mean, often than not. Yeah. Really well, not now a lot now of with skill. now with the appraisal, it, it definitely helps. Like Slowbros are and like Laprases are really high in defense, so that's why you see a lot of them in gyms. Gyaradoses have a really high attack, so you know stuff yeah. like that. But, but take aside the gym part of it. Like mm-hmm. actually, yeah. Even when, if they if they ever include PvP battling, if you have all Dragonites and Snorlaxes, mm-hmm. you're just like flooding. It's going to be so boring, and it's not going to feel like as important. It's like, oh, this was so easy to get a Snorlax. I just walked a hundred fifty, whatever it is. So here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to say I will never compete in a battle ever again 
just make it possible for me to get like a fucking Snorlax because I'm not. I don't give a fuck about this battling. Right? Like, I just want to collect them all. I had one, but it ran. Snorlax no, ran I have two, but they're no. really low CP. Yeah, and we can't trade. Not yet. Not yet. But now you could uh, make Snorlax your buddy and get little candies. And I can up See, him up his CP. I can. See, I think trading is where this game is going to come back alive for me. Since yes, I don't care about ma- making strong Pokemon. Since that loop is just kind of really obvious to me. It's you get strong Pokemon to fight in gyms to get more Stardust to get stronger Pokemon to fight in more gyms. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm just not really interested in that loop. Uh, I am interested in catching them all. Like, yeah. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, your your eyes just lit up when you were talking about it because I love that. Dex and that's life. and that's <laughs> what they got to do before. Like you know, it's it's been speculated and like fair. Like people search into the code of the game of like trading is coming and trading items is coming and Gen two is coming and trading items is essentially just what you do in Pokemon where you can attach it to a Pokemon, send it away. Kind of like that. Um, That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gen 2 is coming. Like, all of these things are strongly, quote unquote, strongly rumored. Um, But they can't really do Gen 2 before. And they are, they're doing it now. They're making Mm. it easier for people to catch them all or like hatch them all or whatever the hell you are, walk with them all, like in the buddy system. Mm -hmm. Like, you do, if you want a Charizard. It's going to take a lot of walking, but you need one Charmander, and that's it. Do you think they'll do Wonder Trade? What do you mean? Um, remember oh, you throw my... it into the ether and get y- something back? Yeah, I love Wonder Trade. Yeah, Wonder Trade was cool. <laughs> they might. They might. Wonder Trade is stupid, but I love it. Yeah. It might be more difficult than this game because this, especially now, they want to focus on, mm. like, and from what, again, all rumors, but from what it sounds like, it's going to be very difficult to uh, trade... Or they're not going to have it where trading is going to be like, you know, you're at your house and I'm at my house in Newton. I mean, beep. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I just running the gig that we were just bleeping out where we're from. Dude, you don't need to apologize, but you should apologize for bringing this podcast to a screeching halt. <laughs> Listen, you looked at me like I had six heads. I was looking past you because I can't. Stand. I live in Westford. Come and visit me anytime. <laughs> I, I'm afraid of home invasions. We've talked about that. That is true. Anyway, so they're making it so that you have to be like, again, rumored, but at a Pokestop or like near each other or right. like in the same vicinity. You couldn't be that we're trading across towns or stuff like that. So Wonder Trade maybe way later, but. Who what if, what if they do wonder trade but you gotta pay you gotta pay for it no that'd be that'd be awful because yeah. then it just becomes gambling yeah it does. <laughs> i know and that's then, when you make the real and money would you do then, it for a snorlax keith then what? that's literally what gambling is yeah well yeah exactly and that's what they're going for right i don't know i guess so stevie what else have you been playing um that's pretty much it all I, right i did a little i started banner saga on steam again um I've played it a while ago and oh it's yeah, really hard. Yep. <laughs> so I came to a point where I had like no days mm-hmm. left of food and my morale was really low and mm-hmm. people were dying. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, eh. and then I restarted my, I had to reboot my entire computer. So I lost that save file anyway. And I was like, maybe I'll play it again. And it's still really good. It's just hard. I might I might give that game a look if it's on sale again. Um, it looks beautiful. It it it's it is so pretty. Definitely beautiful. Uh, I just tend to 
lose a lot of time to tactics games. Yeah. So maybe not now. Yeah. But eventually that game looks sick. It is good. All right, Kevin, what have you been playing? I'm still playing Final Fantasy VI. Nice. Um, I still think it's good. I'm in the world of ruin right now. There's a big twist in the middle of the game where the apocalypse happens. Yep. Normally you're trying to prevent that in an RPG and you still try to prevent that in Final Fantasy VI, but it happens anyway. Yeah, that was actually like big for me where I was like, wait, is this the end of the game? It was awesome when it happened. I was like blown away. I was like, if I had not known that the apocalypse is supposed to happen, like I would have been blown away as a little kid playing a Super Nintendo. Yeah, totally. Super great. Uh, I still like it. I don't have anything to say about it that I haven't already said. So Keith, what have you been playing? Uh, So this is the episode where we just talk about games we've already talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still playing Chrono Trigger. Uh, Nice. uh, Since our last episode, I really have only gotten in like three or four hours, Mm -hmm. uh, which was basically how long it took me to get through the the first time you're in like the way past like 65 million BC or whatever. Yeah. Prehistoric times. Mm -hmm. Um, So... so the most interesting part about it, I think, was meeting, is her name Ayla? Ayla, yeah. Ayla, like, I didn't know she was a character at all. Like, I when I first met her, I did not expect her to be part of my party. Like, yeah. I, I don't think I have a full grasp of everyone that actually will be playable at some point. Mm-hmm. She's a super super tank. Like, yep. I, I miss her That's so much. That's uh, the Amazonian. Yeah, she's like yeah. a cave woman. Fist. Yep. She just has That's the fist right. for a weapon. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. I love yeah, her. She's, a, she's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing as her made me realize that I liked Robo a lot because mm-hmm. I missed having that big, powerful, you know, like. Robo's great. Uh, Ayla and Chrono have some really powerful techs together. Uh and Robo, I usually bring on because he can heal and he can punch. Yep. So my my team is usually Chrono, uh, Ayla, Robo. Yeah. But Marl or Marley, I keep going back and forth between Marl and Marley. I think I, think I stick with Marl, I think. Nadia. I don't know. Nadia. 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 Nadia is great. Claire. Yeah. Claire. Um, so, yeah. So the, um, the, like the, I'll, the boss of that stage or whatever like you mm. know like oh the, the is that the um the big giant two-legged dinosaur that you have to zap with electricity so yes it's weak? yeah yeah That's so it was, it was a really good fight it was um the first time i did it i didn't really understand it because mm-hmm. he has this uh, he has this attack that's like elect- electricity as well that you just can't. Yeah, so you can zap him to lower his defense, which is pretty much uh, mandatory for beating him. Yep. But every time you do, he's going to release his electricity. Yeah, so you have like a window to do damage, yep. and then he's going to take your HP down to almost nothing. Yep. Then you have to spend a turn just Drinking, healing yeah. everyone. And yeah, and you drink because you know you're gonna die. Right. Um, and then after <laughs> that, that, after that, you can kind of, you know, do your powerful attacks again. Uh, after Chrono takes him down with some electricity. Yep. The the, the you referenced this the tech with is that what is that what yeah. it's called the yeah yeah tech. the dual tech the yeah. dual tech with um Ayla in Chrono or Chrono or whatever yeah. is so powerful yeah. where she like. 
like she jumps up in the air or whatever. He like electrocutes her yep. and then she just like slams him. Slams him. I need take, to play Corona Trigger again. It, it's a great I game. I said that the last It's awesome. Too. Like the animation of that is awesome. I just, right now, I don't have Ayla anymore. And the fact that I get her back is making me just want to go and play this game. Yeah, they do a good job of um, making certain characters available so you'll want to play them when they come back. Yeah. Frog uh, is a good example of that. Even though I don't play him in the late game. Like it's it's cool when you get Frog back. Yeah, for uh for Magus's tower. Yeah, I don't know if you're there yet. I'm not because okay. right well right now he's so depressed. You're just like yeah, he's just sad boy. Poor yeah. sad boy. So I wanna I wanna lift his spirits. Um, last thing I'll say, uh, I had no idea I was gonna get to fight dinosaurs in this game, and I love dinosaurs. So mm, you just do. another check in the positive column for Bink. for this game. Um, you're ma- you're making me realize uh, one of Final Fantasy VI's weaknesses, which is. Um, I'm not... No dinosaurs? Well, yeah, no dinosaurs. <laughs> but also, the, the combat isn't as robust as Chrono Trigger's. And Chrono Trigger has a really robust uh, fight system. My problem with Final Fantasy VI is I feel like I'm mashing through the buttons most of the time. Yeah. like It's like, oh, Sabin's up. Gotta do this one very specific uh, blitz tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I, I just have to run through... Because the active time battle system's going so fast that I just have to rush through all my commands. And I'm not really, I'm more button mashing than I am strategizing. And with Chrono Trigger, you have to pay attention to what the prompts are. They're like, this monster uh, loses its hammer when you let on fire. Or this monster like uh, loses its defense when it gets electrocuted. Like you have to listen to those prompts. And if you don't, you get punked. Yeah. Um, that For me, like every boss battle, I have to figure it out and be like, okay, I need these specific people to do these specific moves yeah um it's just there's so many different moves which was confusing at first but since i can kind of like since over time i've learned them it's it's rewarding now very rewarding to just go through it and be like oh i know what to do here now yeah i've never played a jrpg before but look at me electrocuting shit or or even a natural keith or even seeing a bunch of like enemies all clumped together and you're like, I can cyclone those. Yes, mm-hmm. cyclone is I love cyclone. Yeah, I stole a lot of that for hack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a very natural transition into the meat of this podcast, I think. Okay, I want, yeah. So you said you wanted to talk to me about hack. I do. I want to talk to you about hack. Uh and what motivated this is that I recently saw a tweet from one real Kevin Cole. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I do follow him, but okay, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I mean I only follow Beastie. Uh, at Beastie Photo. Yeah, that's where I tweet all my complaints about Game Time, uh, Game Time Bro. Yeah, remember, right? there's a lot Beastie of complaints. Photo. Yeah, so if you have a complaint, at Beastie Photo. Yep. Um. So, uh, a recent tweet about a week ago, I think you said, "I'm proud of Project Maiden, but if I could go back in time, I'd just yell, simplify, idiot, at past Kevin." Yeah, that's true. Um, and that just like I was like, wow, it'd be really interesting to kind of compare where you were at with Project Maiden sure. and where you are now, you know? So first thing I did, yeah. you know, first podcast you were ever on, Kevin, mm-hmm. March of 2015, we were interviewing Episode you five, five of Game Time Show, bro. That is early. Yeah. So we interviewed you about Project Maiden, mm-hmm. um, and it was a... I found it interesting to go back and see that uh, Stevie and I haven't really grown at all. (laughs) In fact, I think we probably regressed in a lot of ways. Wow. That's probably fair. Am I still playing the same games? Uh, Nino Cooney? Is (laughs) is that what you said? Because I assume you did. It sounds like it. Um, 
but before we get into the game, I just wanted to say a few other things interesting about this podcast. Okay. Just so you can see where we were at. Yeah, yeah. Um, Little GTSB rewind. All right. Today. So we were talking Nintendo NX like we always do. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Uncharted 4, it had just oh. been delayed, so... Oh! <laughs> and yeah. what a disaster that game turned out. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Development hell, yeah. you yep. know. Uh, Nintendo Mobile we were talking about, which... Well, yeah, that really got realized this year. Yeah. 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 Um, and How then, great Matomo is. <laughs> uh, Stevie, you were convinced that Zelda was coming out in uh, November of 2015. Oh, man. So silly. Uh, but I think the the most uh, the best thing that was said this podcast was when Kevin said Nintendo investors are idiots. Yes, and they still are. And they still <laughs> are. <laughs> Kevin, they've proven right. Kevin. I was still right to be negative about that thing everyone loves. Yeah. Well, Kevin Cole. <laughs> well, they you proved that- you could put any date of any year, and that's Kevin Cole. Well, but I mean, they're idiots because they all jumped on the band. Everyone st- started investing in Nintendo with fucking Pokemon Go. I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, I think that was where I kind of found my persona for uh, Game Time Show, bro. Because I usually just like to when Nintendo comes up, I usually just put on my Nintendo sucks hat. And like roll with that because I, 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 I could go either way on Nintendo. Like I do like them and I did grow up with them. But when we're on the show, like I feel like there's too much Nintendo positivity. So I just, I just go full heel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, if you embrace to. it, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Someone needs to. Um, all right. Just so. know it's just listener. Just know it's only kind of real. <laughs> did I really think it was coming out in 2015? You didn't not think it was coming out in 2015. I'm going to have to go back and listen now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, that's what Nintendo told us. That's so true. They lied I was to just, our faces. So I was like optimistic. They always do. I was optimistic. Yeah. Like you were a glass half down. full okay, kind of okay. guy. Um, and I'm a this glass sucks. Yeah, you're <laughs> a, and I'm a this glass is getting smashed on the ground. <laughs> Kevin yeah. Cole, woo! I'm leaving. Um, so before we get into some of the questions uh, that I've jotted down sure. here, Kevin... Uh, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview of Hack? You know, I know uh, we've talked about it before. But. Sure. So Hack is um, sort of uh, a coming together of two different uh, video games that are both descent- video game genres that are descended from the same video game. So Hack is a roguelike, which is a game that seeks to emulate um, a, a classic uh, RPG, a Western RPG called Rogue, where uh, it, it uh, has randomly generated levels, uh, a high difficulty curve, uh, sort of tactical turn-based gameplay, and uh, a, a uh, I guess, an offshoot of the roguelike is the rogue light, which is a game we've been a game type we've been seeing more and more in the indie community recently, and that uh, takes the difficulty, uh, the ideas of permanent death and uh, procedural level generation, but removes sort of the RPG uh, covering in it. And so you have action roguelites, and you have strat- strategy roguelites, and uh, games that are a little more accessible than just a really standard RPG. And what I kind of wanted to do was I like both of those genres and they're both descended from the same thing. I kind of wanted to uh, make a roguelike that played a little more 
fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was just, uh, you know, uh, engaging to look at fun to play, um, strategy deep, but not, uh, unassailable. Just like, I don't know. I, I, I think most people who pick up hack kind of get what they're supposed to do, but the tactics run a little deeper than your average, like funzy RPG. So that's where I started. Um, and I started making an RPG because I had just finished making a platformer and I was really tired of dealing with stuff like physics and stuff like uh, collision detection. And I'm like, what if I make a really simple RPG? And then I was like, what if I make this really simple RPG really complex over the course of a year? <laughs> and that's kind of where I am now. So that's Hack. Is Hack is my, uh, my successor to uh, Rogue Likes and Rogue Lights which is really horrible to say. <laughs> that is rough. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of where I am right now is I'm, I'm, in, I'm trying to keep one foot in both genres and one foot in the past, one foot in the present. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, that in a way is your tra- time travel element that you yeah. have to have in every game. Yeah. You have time travel has to be in a video game. Okay. Otherwise. Kevin's really good at splits. Yes. yes. One foot in the past, one foot in the future. All right. With so dingle in the middle. So one of the things that I found really interesting about the the previous podcast where you're talking about Project Maiden is you talked about kind of some of the games that influenced, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, your the idea as well as its development. Um, in particular, you obviously you had Legend of Zelda because you sold it as a Zelda-like in reverse. Yep. Uh, you listed Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And then also Deus Ex, where you talked about how you would play that game and challenge yourself in different ways that uh, mm-hmm. you weren't necessarily intended, but at least allowed in, you know, the way that the, you know, game was developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's a really long way of saying um, besides, you know, this game Rogue. Yeah. Uh, what what games have influenced hack? Uh I guess hack owes a lot to NetHack, which was a really, really early uh, roguelike that was, I, I think an update just came out for it. So it's still being updated. It's still being changed and tweaked and added to, but uh, that was like my first dip into a pure uh, roguelike. Um, other than that, Dwarf Fortress is a game that's really complex, almost entirely unmarketable and completely brilliant. Uh, it's a it's a game where you start a fortress uh, with seven dwarves in the wilderness and seek to make a stable civilization, and it just accounts for everything. And the graphics are just ASCII characters. They're just like little smiley faces are dwarves, uh, trees are uh, up arrows, crocodiles are capital C's, and they're all moving around on this board. And playing it is like learning how to read, and hmm. it's amazing but totally unplayable. <laughs> Uh, so that yeah, was like mind. So an unplayable game has influenced the game that you're making. Absolutely. Uh, because my game is, uh, very different from that. I try like, again, I'm, I'm not trying to make the most complex, crazy detailed, uh, you can do anything simulator. Uh, I guess my roots kind of go to, uh, Japan got their hands on, uh, the roguelike, genre and and started a series called mystery dungeon you remember pokemon mystery dungeon yeah yep. uh started with a series called shiran the wanderer and uh there's an offshoot of the mystery dungeon series called as your dreams which is like uh playstation one monster collector uh 
but it's a roguelike as hmm. well. And okay. that and it's also okay. a dating sim. And that game is super fun and super weird and super great. And I've I, that I got that game from Blockbuster when I was like twelve. Do you still have it? Did you never give it back? No, I gave it back, but then I bought it later when I was flush with cash, working for the man. Blah, blah, blah. And that sort of reignited my turn-based uh, grid RPG love. Um, I'm trying to think of other games that have influenced it. Basically, every RPG I've ever played, Chrono Trigger, definitely. Yeah, Chrono Trigger because. It's got all these cool effects with the attacks and it's got all these it's got all these really satisfying animations and they're not very complex. They're just yeah. cool. Yeah, I got to say, um, you know, the best part about following you on Twitter is seeing all your gifs or gifs or whatever the fuck you say. Jife. Jife, yeah. <laughs> all your jifes where you show like little snippets of the game and you have like one character and he's like blowing shit up yeah. and stuff or throwing like some grenade mm-hmm. thing. The, those are actually really helpful because I get to watch my animation over and over again. So I'll post a, I'll post a Jife yeah. and I'll, and I'll be like, <laughs> like one does and I'll like, be, like a Jife does like a Jife does. And I'll, and I'll post and be like, I'm really proud of this. And then I'll watch it for like two minutes and I'll be like, I fucked that up. I got to do it again. <laughs> I got to delete my Twitter. I got to, I got to delete my entire Twitter account now, but like, yeah, uh, I I really like making those little effects, um, and yeah. they're really they're really satisfying to play with. Also, um, um, it's hard you can't do it with a, a jife, but I've been doing more sound effects lately. Okay, and those are really bringing the game to life. So, yeah, have yeah. you been doing all your sound effects, or did you hire somebody out? No, uh, I used to have uh, Gary Coughlin did all the sound effects for uh, Project Maiden, and he was freaking awesome. Yeah, he did really good. He, he did a really good job with that. He did a great job, and uh, this time I wanted to. So I'm not a great manager. Like that's one of my weaknesses is I work well with Joe Keneally because I can just sort of point him in a direction and then he just goes off and does his own thing and I don't have to deal with him. But most people are like, what's your vision? Like, please help me make the thing that you want to make. And I suddenly have to be a manager and like express myself. And that takes up a lot of time and energy that I'm because I'm not good at it. Right. If I was good at it, I could probably like. Uh, make games way faster but i'm better at just sitting down and making my own thing than i am at telling people how to work for me Mm -hmm. so um i i decided to save a little time and just make all the sound effects myself save time for the game not necessarily for me (laughs) so yeah Uh, that's funny because uh one one thing you said on the previous podcast is Mm -hmm. that you said you know um is this a gotcha moment no, no, this is not the courtroom <laughs> in Chrono Trigger. No, you said, like, I know nothing. I, I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. I still know nothing. Yeah. I should have gotten a team together. And then you talked about kind of how uh, having a good group of friends is kind of what allowed you to even accomplish Project Maiden. I'm just yeah. wondering how, like, the development of Hack, uh, if it's similar, if it's different in any way. Um. I recently played through Project Maiden uh, on on stream because uh, someone, uh, a backer messaged me and they were like, hey, I can't run Project Maiden in, in Windows 10. And I'm like, that's weird. And so I went back and I'm like, yep, some people can't run it in Windows 10. So I had to go and do an update. It, mm-hmm. it only took me a day, but like uh, I, I had to play it through. So I'm like, I'll just stream me playing through Project Maiden. And I'm like, see, I hadn't played it in a while. And I'm seeing like all the likenesses of people. I saw Steve in there. Like I saw like all the people who backed me the first time. And I'm like, man, like this is how I got my start. I wouldn't be here with all these people. And now I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and, <I'm> gonna, <laughs> and, you know, uh, B-Town's in there. And now mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of the art for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's just it's really uh weirdly emotional just seeing uh just getting to hang out with all those people because i'm not i'm not there anymore i'm not in project maiden anymore nope i'm in i'm in something different and it's like it, it, it was it's my it's the first time i'm looking back on my career and that's weird like I, I haven't been doing this that long, but this was my first chance to look back at my career. And it was a really weird moment for me. Uh, Very nostalgic. I've yeah. been there and even in the yeah. photo world for me. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. It's, it was cool. Um, uh, the point I was getting to is working on hack has been a little more insular. Like I don't have to reach out as much as I yep. used to when I made project maiden, I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit better. Um, I've noticed I'm Googling stuff way less. Like when I have a problem uh, in my game, it's usually just me like thinking about it or drawing it out or getting my colored pencils out or something and, and drawing it out instead of asking someone else, which is which was kind of huge. Like I Googled a lot during Project Maiden because I legit did not know anything about how Game Maker worked. So it's been a little more insular. And yet uh, now I'm meeting with uh, B-Town more often to do sprites. Uh, I'm meeting with Joe about the music. Uh, I'm meeting with Hadley St. Clair about uh, the story that we're going to do together. And it seems like uh, I had a lot of support from other people who were just happy to see me work in the first one. And now I'm actually collaborating with people. Yep. And that's that's a big that's a big difference for me. And I like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just by the way you talk about it, it seems like it, it's a little more rewarding. Yeah. Um, it, it's nice because... Uh, when you're the only person working on a thing and like, I wasn't the only person working on project Maiden, I had tons of help, but when you're the main person working on a thing, the more people you get to help you out with your project, the less it feels like, uh, it's just your thing. And the more you can be proud of it because it's something you've built with other people. So it's, it's nice to have ownership over the things you make, but it's also nice to look back and be like, man, I'm proud of this because it represents not just something I did, but something I did with a lot of people. So yeah. That's, that's why, that's why I'm really proud of hack is cause I look at it and I'm like, Oh man, Brian Townsend drew a really good turtle. Yeah. I mean, that, that's shocking. No one. Shocking Brian no Townsend one. drew a really good did turtle. He, did he hide like uh, like a water gun on his back or something? That no, you can't really there's no, see? no flood. No, no flood. <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, turtle's special move is he just uh, shrinks down into his shell and takes more damage and, mm. and absorbs more damage. So how are you coping with the fact that you don't have as much Stevie as a play tester? Um, well, I've actually, I actually have more Stevie cause I have lots of people testing it now. Yeah. But I'm talking about Stevie. Oh, Steve. Like Steve. where are you getting all your pull quotes from? <laughs> cause the, I was a gold mine of pull. Yeah. Quotes. Here's the thing is I'm not getting all the hilarious quotes that I used to get when <laughs> Steve was the only play tester, but I also started play testing three months ago and I have a lot more data like on how to make the game good and how to make the game not crash and like how to balance the game. So it's it's give and take. When Steve does it, I get hilarious jokes. When I like spread it out over a lot of different people, I get actually good data that yeah, makes the game value. better. <laughs> yeah, you get value. So really, so really, my I should go back to better. the old one. Yeah, I should go back to the old one. I mean, more people, more data coming in, more things to find wrong. Who needs that when you can get cool jokes? He makes a good point. He does. Uh, Stevie, um, yes. So you were a little bit more intimately involved with Project Maiden. Yes. So how's it on your end now that you're just kind of watching him from afar, following him on Twitter, seeing these jifes or however we say it? Jife. Jife. 
Um, it is kind of a bummer because I was a big part of like oh, the you play hurt testing. his feelings, Kevin. The, no, no, no. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't on Kevin's end. It was like I was still living in town when Project Maiden was a thing, so I would like have some time to go over and and I wasn't working as much on weddings and stuff, so I'd have time to just go over and like kill a few hours and play some games and. We also did a lot more anime podcasting yeah, too because I was around. So it's really just like, you know, I moved out of town and like Kevin and I still talk all the time, but it's just harder to to keep in touch. And I've again, going back to just having a busy summer, just like I've wanted, I've played hack like two or three times now for mm-hmm. like 20 minutes to a half hour. Yeah. And I wish I could dump more time into it. I just like, I do it for a little bit and then I'm like, I got to keep working. Yeah. I got to look at Joe and Kendra's face more. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it is kind of amazing how much things have changed in a year i just realized you've been at your uh your place in newton mm-hmm. for a year now mm-hmm. and i'm like that was only a year it seems like you've been there forever right so yeah the passage of time man it makes fools of us all yep it is a it is a bummer like i, I wish like uh you weren't so far away and like you could just appear and because like, like the, i used to i would just show up at his house just uninvited and just yeah, be like, hey mama right. call where's oh kev's sleeping I'll, yeah. I'll wait 20 minutes and then wake his stupid ass yeah. up well the big a big turning point in, in hack was when steve just showed up at my house and was like hey is that hack and i'm like yeah oh yeah this was yeah, this yeah. was before i started testing it on people and he, and he was like can i play it and i'm like yeah i don't know if everything's ready for a human to play it but yeah go ahead but and play. Like stevie uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a, but an idiot like you a, a big stupid dumb dumb <laughs> Doesn't know anything. No brains. <laughs> but no brains over here. <laughs> well, You're on, kid. Get up there. Slap the hams. Yeah, Center sla- stage. Slap his hams. Put him on. Yeah. and uh, Yeah, that was like two months ago, right? That that was four months no, ago. Four, holy shit. Yeah, that was four months ago because right. I've been testing for three. And um, that was exactly the shot in the ass hack needed. And now it's like a way better game just because Steve... Uh, didn't tell me it was coming over, and he started still the had again. an impact. Yep. Boom! Right, don't encourage him. Wait, you know, are the, we uh, don't encourage him to show up uninvited. <laughs> we don't. That's not what we do with Stevie. That's my thing. Um, our, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Are the three handsome villagers that made their appearance in Project Maiden making an appearance in that? Uh, can't confirm or deny, uh. but Stu the cat is a plot point. <laughs> Love it. Maybe I'll not a plot that. point, but he is a character. I'll take that. Stu is my video game handle, Keith. Yeah. Stu, yeah. but not the cat. The Just cat Stu. is an ad. There's a, so um, the, I guess the uh, tutorial character is going to be an eagle and his cat, Stu. Awesome. Because Stu was the default name of all pets for like a good. I do remember that. For like a good four months. Yep. Like every pet was named Stu. Um, and every Every uh, cre- every like character was named like Snoob or something like that. Ooh, nice. like Snood. Yeah. yeah. So there's another game. Oh, uh, I should just yeah, I should you. just make Snood you instead should. of whatever Ooh, I'm working Snood on. Snood too. That <laughs> would be incredible. <laughs> Drop <Can> I, everything. <laughs> can I have one more request? Yeah. What's up? Uh, can you have a random generated cat named Beep? Yes. Uh, I can definitely say I can have that. Cool. All I right. figure that one's a little more recent. Oh yeah, that's that, that one's in the back. We actually awesome. don't we don't have villagers because there are no towns or anything. I'm still putting a shop together for Macho Man. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. Wow, yeah. I can cross that question off of my list. <laughs> Macho Man's litter box. I so there's a there's a cat in Secret of Mana that sells you things. Yep. Hi Macho. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> you have. Uh, he he just ran by. Uh, there's a cat in Secret of Mana that sells you things, and I was like, hmm. Maybe I could do like a little homage to that with Macho with his, with his little pack of pack of litter. Is I I'm, I'll hop on the question that Keith maybe was going to ask. Um, 
the uh, I remember the idea. I think when we first like we're like you know throwing around stupid ideas for yeah. you, and th- that one actually you were like, actually that would be sweet. Yeah, is Macho Man's litter box? Is it still going to be along the lines of items that you drop? And yeah, it's going it's going to be like the item redemption service. If you've dropped any items, they will appear in Macho Man's litter box, awesome. so you can haggle for them. So later. it's still a thing. Ooh. Awesome. Uh, that's the plan. Well, right, right. Uh, again. I don't have shops there yet. I just drew up um, the. I, I just drew up in my notes how they're gonna work, and I'm probably gonna try and prototype that once. Uh, uh, my big project right now is bosses, and then once bosses are stable, I'm gonna be able to work on shops, and I'm gonna be able to put more of the story uh, of hack in, which is something I've not. I'm not able to talk about right now because we're still nailing it. Yeah, we're still nailing it sounds down. Sounds great though. But you'll tell us off the podcast, yeah. oh, right? off air. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I probably still can't because <laughs> we still we literally have just not just make it up. I don't care. I just want to feel I mean, I mean, closer to you. Ha- I mean, Had- Hadley has all the script and like I've read it and it's great. It's just like we have we have three months. I don't know what's going to get cut or what's going to change. So also, there's a really great twist in there that I don't want to reveal yet. So maybe. ooh, is it the same one as Final Fantasy VI? No. Well maybe <laughs> actually like it's it's surprisingly similar to fu- to the twist in final fantasy 6 all right all right but i'm not i'm gonna shut up about it now you guys aren't gonna trick me into revealing okay anything okay, crazy won't. about won't. plot what's the plot uh that yeah. there okay uh a couple more questions Kevin. yeah what do you got what do you got um so one thing that stood out to me about project maiden mm-hmm. was was the music like it, it it wasn't your typical soundtrack you would see you know in like a a 2d platformer mm-hmm. um uh and that brings me to two things uh about hack a uh how's the music what's that gonna be like is it similar different and then b um what's the thing about hack that you think is gonna be that thing that kind of separates it from you know other similar games i think um so your first question is about the music. Uh, Joe Keneally and Claire Pettit uh, did the music for Project Maiden. And uh, if there's one thing that everyone loves about Project Maiden, it was the music. So I got Joe Keneally back to do the music for Hack. And there's one track that I've shared, and it's a 20-minute long uh, track that loops throughout the first part of the game that uh, is really, really cool. It's Joe messing around uh like through different like acoustic variations and stuff. And it's awesome. Uh, I haven't revealed any of the other deeper tracks cause this soundtrack gets crazy. It's nice. a very small soundtrack. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to like make all of the songs matter, which, uh, I, I loved, uh, I love project maiden and it had a lot of different, um, it had a lot of different songs. Uh, and Joe did an amazing job on the soundtrack but I didn't just want to do that again. I wanted to try something a little weirder. So because hack has permadeath and you're revisiting the same areas over and over again, uh, the soundtrack is going to be a little more constant, but you're going to find new things to appreciate out of it instead of being like bombarded with new stuff like you were in project maiden. Okay. So, uh, we're going for, uh, qual like, quality and over quantity in this one i guess well yeah because we're gonna have to listen to the same thing right right for so long like it could go very well or it could kind of be like oh i'm never playing this game again <laughs> the, the, no pressure though yeah yeah no pressure but I, I like that sense of of that uh cycl- cyclical nature so like i wanted to keep the main track in there constantly because it's kind of familiar 
But uh, the fact that the main track is over 20 minutes long uh, means that it's really hard to find the loop. So it, it always feels kind of familiar and you'll pick up on parts you've heard before. But when you're really into it, you'll be like, huh, I never noticed that part of, of that song before. I've been listening to this track for almost a year and I'm still not sick of it. Yeah, so, that's a good sign. I yeah. remember when I the that now apparently four months ago yeah. that when I played um, that I was playing it and I had known that Joe was doing the music and mm. that it was like the first like song leak was going to be 20 minutes and yeah. Kev mentioned this all to me and I'm playing and I remember probably like half hour in I was yeah. like is this still the same song yeah and like I thought I didn't think there was the loop yet so it's it's really cool and the other thing I'm trying is more of a directorial thing is that um, I want to highlight the music by having some moments take away the music. So that was something I wasn't confident enough to do. Uh, when I made Project Maiden, I kind of leaned on Joe and Claire to get the, uh, to, to take the burden of like the emotional weight of a scene by just, you know, resting it on their music. This time I'm going to try and, uh, you know, use their, use their music, but use um, ambient noise and uh, silence to sort of highlight uh, what their music's expressing. So that's a big experiment for me. Uh, I, I, I think it's, I think you'll be surprised with, uh, how different project Maiden and, um, hack are musically. Cool. Well, that's exciting. Mm. Nice. I can't wait to experience that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I nice. did, I did have a one B. Of oh yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Um, what was, what was one B? Well, I, I just said that like the music made Project Maiden stand out to me. What's something that you think is going to make Hack stand out? Uh, honestly, Hack is super visual. And I was figuring a lot of shit out uh, when I made Project Maiden. Um, I, I, in, in, that, in that tweet that spawned this whole interview, yes. um, I, I posted a picture of what the main character of Project Maiden looked like in the game. And I posted my what my revision would be if I had to make Project Maid again. And I definitely chose a more low resolution style, chunkier pixels, like something that's easier for a small team to work with rather than this big giant uh, sprite that's really detailed, but also really hard to use. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I think over the course of making Project Maiden and Hack, I've figured out what my style is as a pixel artist, which is... Uh, I'm, I'm more focused on, uh, shape and low resolution, uh, images just cause you know, I need to, I need to eventually kick out a game <laughs> <laughs> in, instead of work, working all day on these detailed sprites. I'd rather just evoke, uh, I, I'd rather just evoke something from a really small image and keep going. So one thing I think you'll, you're going to notice about hack is that, uh, the visuals of it are way more complex. There's a lot of uh, special effects. There's a lot of smoke and fire and um, all of it falls into the same sort of chunky pixel low res style uh, that makes hack really unique in that it feels old, uh, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just in, in just for me, like the, the artwork is really all that, the only thing I've experienced about the game and, yeah. and to me, like I definitely am attracted to the, the it, it's definitely sort of a throwback style in a way, yeah. you know, it's the chunkier pixels, mm -hmm. low res, like you were talking about. Yeah. Every, um, every, to put, to put in perspective, every uh, character in 
um, Project Maiden fit into a 64 by 32 pixel box. And every character in Hack pretty much fits in a 12 by 12 box. Nice. Um, so cut that down. Yeah, nice 12, 12 by 12 and one color. Every every sprite is uh, made in in game uh, white and then colored as it's put into the game. Nice. So I, I think I think that that style though, because it's sort of a throwback, it mm. it, it invokes feelings of nostalgia, and it mm. I think it will like encourage people to want to play it. It might make the game seem a little bit more accessible as well. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I'm doing is um, I I put a lot of uh, filters over the screen of hack. And we've talked about this before, but like the, the main visual style of hack is it looks like you're playing it on a really old dusty grimy CRT. Nice. uh, Monitor. Mm -hmm. And that is cause uh, I kind of want to, evoke uh this idea of uh a day where a computer was this magical device and not something we see every day right that fits in our pants like i kind of wanted to make the computer seem a little more mysterious yeah i just no i just i just visioned myself uh shoving an entire computer in my pants and yeah. it was pretty funny we yeah. all got pants computers and now. stevie and i made eye contact <laughs> we both we both have the same visual of shoving an entire yeah. desktop into our pants like, yeah. you see that computer it's going in my pants <laughs> that one in my pants uh this morning i had coffee out of my uh, gateway 2000 mug whoa <laughs> love wow. it yeah i remember running home uh we finally got a computer and uh, I think I played Minesweeper on it for like nice. two hours. And I'm Is like, that like g- the checker box with like the yeah. the tail and like the uh, what am I thinking of? This one had the the face on it that like would go oh when like you were hovering over a box, like it had, it had different expressions. Oh right, yeah. What am I thinking of? Uh, All right, Kevin. Um, I sort of lied. I think this will be the last question that's gonna make oh, you sure. think a little bit. Okay, what's All up? right, so. In the last, in the Project Maiden podcast, mm-hmm. uh, my last question for you was really about what now, right? Like, and mm. you and you had talked about how um, Project Maiden's Kickstarter had succeeded when you had no resume, you didn't really have, you know, the knowledge you needed uh, to create a game at the time, but you've since gained it. Um, but your goal was to go to straight to another Kickstarter, which ended up being Hack. Yeah what's your mindset now oh what's next what's next for me well so the big difference between um i I guess what this really means for super try as like a thing i'm gonna keep doing um is that i'm actually going to be selling hack instead of giving it away for free like uh i kind of look at uh project maiden a little bit like uh like my college thesis or something like that like project maiden was my thesis in game design and it was like uh it was big and I learned a lot making it and I put everything I had into it and I released it for free because it's kind of just this big experiment for me and hack is like, okay, I'm actually skilled. I've actually made something here. It is. It's definitely worth a pizza with toppings. Like that's that I assure you that this game is worth something. It's not just an experiment. It's something I've uh, crafted and that means um, I might have income, which would be crazy, which means I might be able to move out, which would be even crazier. Uh, but I think I'm, I've got a few other friends uh, who either uh, make games or want to make games. And I had a lot of fun collaborating on Cakewalk uh, with Brian Townsend, which is a game we made in two weeks. 
So I think after hack, um, I'm going to try and take as much time as I can to come up with a new super try game and start working on uh, maybe some other people's projects. Oh, wow. Uh, see if, see if, because, uh, uh, so if Project Maiden was, I'm figuring stuff out and hack is, let me show you that I figured things out. Uh, my next projects will kind of look like, I think, um, I think my skills are worth it. Like, I think I'm actually a valuable member of a team now. Uh-huh. So I'd love to do something that's not, um, like, that, that doesn't involve me managing or doing art or any of the things like I, I kind of think of as my secondary skills. Like I'd like to go into something just being a projects developer or a develop a developer and a game designer or something like that. Would I think you, that would you do another Kickstarter? Absolutely. Uh, honestly, if I was going to make a, a bigger game, I don't think even if hack is insanely successful, which we all know it's going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah we all like, well, with the exposure we, from this podcast, what well, with the exposure yeah. from this podcast, we all know that Kevin Cole is, is a billionaire in waiting right mm-hmm. now. Yep. Uh, but in case that's, that's not what's going to happen. Uh, Kickstarter is really my option for, uh, being able to do what I do. Uh, Patreon is another crowdfunding option that gives you money, uh, every month, uh, or every time you make a thing, but that doesn't really work for video games. Cause it takes you a long time to, actually yeah. finish yeah patreon people kind of want uh they want something content all the time yeah really. and 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 it's not to say i couldn't do a patreon that was worth it um there's no real model for me to follow which totally makes it harder but that wouldn't necessarily stop me it's just like if i'm going to make a big project i have to uh i, I have to know that the time i have to work on it is secure which means doing a kickstarter and but and buying those months with that Kickstarter money. So probably a Kickstarter, uh, but maybe not right off the bat. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll go around and try and figure out if uh, what I have is worth anything. And if it is cool, I can, I can be a little more stable. I might be able to uh, beat back some of that pizza debt. Ah, don't forget the little people. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just don't yeah. forget. Us. Don't forget your three handsome villagers. Don't worry. I'm not going to be a billionaire. I'm just prob. I'm just. I'm hoping I can be a hundredaire. I might be greedy. Maybe a dozenaire. Dozenaire. Whoa. Dozenaire. Yeah. Right. Like two dozen. Uh, well, right, still too greedy. Well, still too greedy. I, Baker's dozenaire. Yeah. Um. So I wish you all the w- luck in the world with that. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you're going to sell hack. Yeah. Uh, so when's it coming out? Where can we go to buy it? Okay. So and how much? Uh. I almost never ever ever want to announce my dates because i'm always wrong uh and that holds true today i'm not gonna say it on hacks <laughs> okay, all right all right give all right. us a, a vague idea what's your goal right now well my goal is to give you guys something uh, give my well my first priority is to my backers i would like to have the beta of hack like it's all there uh I just have some extras in mind and I don't know if it's completely stable yet. I want to have the beta out this year. So okay. um, right. next three, three and a half months. I, I, within that time, I would like to release the beta and potentially sell it, but maybe not, maybe just keep that in the backer community and my tester community and then come out swinging in uh, 2017, early, early 2017 with the finished version of hack. I think, that's realistic of what's going to happen. Yep. But 
I don't really know. Did you want a price point for Hack? Uh, well, it sounded like Stevie did. I I, guess, I don't even know where to if buy you had this. An idea, yeah, yeah uh, where to buy it, right? Yeah, I was gonna sell it on itch, and I might and I might go for Steam. Um, okay, nice. Steam requires a little bit of money, and right now I'm being really conservative with my wallet. So if I was going to uh, go for a Steam release right off the bat, I'd need to uh, pay the due to Steam or pay the Steam uh, greenlight fee. And then uh, I'd probably need to do a little bit of marketing, which uh, if if I end up going late, I might not have that money right away. So I'd probably release on itch, which is free to release on. And they're really flexible with how they pay you. So definitely uh, a release on itch is inevitable. Um, and uh, Steam is something I'm going to shoot for when I can. Uh, as far as selling it, I again, I think the game is, is if, if I make something that isn't as good as a pizza with toppings, which I say is $15, depending on where you, how close you are to Boston. Yeah, that's true. That can vary. But I say $15 is, is a good price for what hack is going to give you. Nice. It's not going to waste your time. It is going to be good. Um, it's not going to be a 60-hour gaming experience. Yeah. But it is going to be something good that I put my entire heart yeah. and soul into. Yeah. And if, it, if, I, if I make something that isn't worth that much, then I shouldn't be selling it at all. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you you should price it at a point that shows that there's value there. Yeah. You know, like if you come out, you're like, well, if I make it $2, everyone's going to buy it. Then <laughs> people are going to be like, it's a $2 game. Why do I want to play this? There was this study. I, I don't, I can't, I can't cite it. So just assume it's some bullshit study or whatever, but like BuzzFeed, it, BuzzFeed, whatever it made. <laughs> the, I heard, I heard this and it, I heard this anecdote and it makes sense to me. And it's that when you pay money for a thing, you tend to like it more. Like that's free- why we love hookers here. <laughs> yup. Yup. Pay your hooker. Tip your hooker. Uh, when you, w- when you pay money for a thing, you like it more. Like, uh, I, I, th- I think that was, a a realization that like, I, I couldn't understand why, like, you know, project Ma- project maiden didn't light the world on fire. Uh, but also its downloads were a little under what I thought they'd be. I'm like, it's free, right? Why is no one, why is no one downloading it? It's free. It's free. And I'm like, oh, maybe they just don't think it's worth anything. <laughs> and like, that's that's fair. That's just how brains work. I'm not going to jack up the price on Project Maiden. I think it should be free because it's very experimental and it and it is uh, it, it's worth a lot to me and it's super meaningful to me. But it is super experimental. But Hack is definitely more finished and it's definitely something I want people to enjoy. So I'm going to be selling it for money. And I think fifteen dollars is fair. Right. If it's not fair, sorry. <laughs> Tweet at B Steve. Steve, at Steve Sheridan. Well, there there is a there are a lot of people who um, you know who who are against the fifteen dollar indie game, and Lord knows there was a lot of um, grumbling ab- against No Man's Sky for its sixty dollar price tag. Yeah. Um, there's this idea that indie games should be cheap as balls, and I don't think that's right. I'm just gonna try and do what seems right to me. And if that's wrong, I'll say I'm wrong and then change it later. Yeah, I, I, I think you're smart. I think that's a good price point. I think that's right where you want to be, where people aren't starting to say, oh, this is too much money. Like, I'm not sure I can afford this. Yeah. And I am I am in a niche, you know, like uh, roguelikes aren't hot. Uh, rogue light, whatever. Like per- light. Permadeath games are hot right now. Roguelikes are not super hot right now. But also, there aren't a lot of roguelikes that look like Hack, and I think I think uh, people are interested in it, 
and it looks fun, which is, uh, which is still just a big thing for uh, a game as complex as a roguelike to do. So maybe that'll be enough uh, to get it some more like YouTube attention or something like that. But I think, um, I think it's still going to be a, a niche game. And so kind of have to charge a little bit more for a smaller audience. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, final, any final thoughts before we let Stevie show us a shitty trailer of final <laughs> fantasy 15? Um, I guess I, if there's anything I want to say about hack is that I made it, I started making hack after I finished project maiden and finishing project maiden next to getting my college degree was one of the most, uh, trying periods of my entire life. Uh, I think I had more panic attacks in the month where Project Maiden had to be released uh, than in the rest of my entire life combined. So uh, it was a really weird experience for me. I remember going to WAP with Steve after Project Maiden 1.0 was done, Mm -hmm. having pizza, having not have slept for uh, like two days, and then getting like the text that Project Maiden doesn't work on Mac and saying, fuck it, I'll finish it after I've slept. Like it was a really, it was a really rough time for me. And I was kind of scared that I wouldn't ever want to make games ever again, since it was so like rough releasing this game. And then I, and then like a week passed and I was like, well, what if I just mess around in this like new game maker document? I'm like, well, what if I just make an RPG? Like, it'll just be a simple thing. Well, what if I add a few more things to it? Like I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself. Like I, I just wanted to get back in there and start making games again. You do what you love. And that was, that was a big moment for me. Cause I didn't just want to do cl- clearly. I didn't want to do video games for the glamor of it. Cause it's not particularly glamorous, but uh, I did. W- I do just genuinely like waking up every day and programming and I wanted to keep learning new things, which is why I didn't want to do a, a platformer again. I wanted to stretch a little bit. So I guess if there's anything I want to say about hack, it's that if uh, there's something you like and you do it even when it sucks and you want to keep learning and doing more things, then keep doing that thing because you're going to regret it if you don't. That's about it. Do we want to bring the podcast down and watch this Final Fantasy yeah, trailer? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, it was a little too emotional. Now I want to sit there emotionless while I watch this shit trailer. Yeah, okay. All right. Is it to- bad? Tokyo Game Show. I honestly have no idea, but Stevie likes it, so it's just kind of like... Okay. I mean, I'm pretty on board the hype. Yeah, well, let's just watch it. All yeah. right, we're going to go watch it, and we'll be right back. What the fuck was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so bored. <laughs> It was the most beautiful, boring thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Yep. It, it was a little all over the place for me. It was completely all over the place. But that's been true to form, everything that we've seen on Final Fantasy XV. You know, you're right. Um, it's just the the Stand By Me trailer, it that worked for it. Yeah, that's true. Now that we're actually getting some nailed down details on, on this, what, 75-hour story. <laughs> Seems like it's going to be a freaking doozy. Yeah, I love it. I don't, I don't think, I don't think this is going to be one of those great Final Fantasies that we keep talking about. (laughs) To me, this is a story that it it looks really padded. Like they're like, how do we make a seventy-five hour game? I don't know. Let's just add a bunch of characters that don't do anything. Well, we've we've done um, we've done a character that goes from. a place of immaturity to a place of maturity mm-hmm. a thousand times and 
Japan does it the least well. <laughs> they do it with cars and campfires. Can we apparently. talk about how it it like towards the end of it it was basically Greece, you know, when they're Oh, remember that car, car? Remember the car uh, uh when the car sprouted wings and took off into the sky, I laughed so hard <laughs> I dang near shat myself cuz yep. that was the yeah. stupidest looking thing I've ever seen. I want to play this game so badly. <laughs> so badly because it i don't i don't know how this type of thing gets made like there's so many horrible decisions that just snowball into each other well if you think about the development like it was originally versus 13 or whatever which i think was announced in like 2006 almost yeah well the the other side of this is it could it could just be a really badly cobbled together trailer. That's Cause, true. Because we're seeing all these emotional, but the the main character does nothing but but yell and whine for the entirety of the trailer. Yeah, pretty much. Like maybe they do that slightly better. It's just right now, in, like when they stretch it out for a long length of time. Like it seems like all these voice actors are acting their little pants off, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think that script's giving them a whole lot yeah. to work. With. The trailer was way too long. Too way too long. Yeah, I mean, I. Yes, it was, but like it's what probably the only thing they showed at Tokyo Game Show, right? Maybe they showed some gameplay. Well, there, I think Maybe. there was a very little bit of gameplay. They were there. running through a field. They were running through a field. I believe that was an engine. Yep. Uh, the big, big, giant Colossus guy swiping at him. That was an engine. I think. Yep. Yep. I, 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 the the old men looked the best out of any of that. So that's what my point because yeah, their hair to. is short. Yes, hair is short. Beards. On point. On fucking point. Wearing yeah. a hipster's belt on his head. <laughs> He's whatever. He's a cool old truck. I liked him. I liked him. He's yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. character. I'm just saying he, he has a hipster belt on his head. Yeah, sure. Beards. Final Fantasy 15. If there's one thing, yeah, that I will, I will, I certainly will not play it right away because I don't have a PS4. I would yeah. love to, but I can't. Uh, I would play it just for the beards. <laughs> you heard it here first. Those beards were fucking pristine. So. It 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 appears like your three companions are uh, Ojo Kid, which means he's the uh, Ojo is like the the princely stereotype. Right. Um, gang guy, who's the big rough and tumble mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. who goes Rah! like yep. he has lots of weird vocal inflections, and uh, Genki dude, which we didn't see too much, like cheerful, overly yeah, cheerful guy. Yeah. We didn't see too much of him. And then we have protagonist protagonist Noctis, just stupid. It looks like it. it, So, uh, I played through Final Fantasy VIII last year, and what I learned was uh, Squall is actually a pretty awesome character. It's just there's some really bad translation decisions. Like Squall says, "I'm sorry," or he says, uh, "Um." whatever a lot Mm. he says whatever like in a lot of different situations and it makes him seem really aloof and really shitty like uh, there's a part where like renoa is like in a in a hospital bed and he just says whatever (laughs) (laughs) but the phrase they're translating is a really uh informal version of i'm sorry so what he keeps saying over and over again is sorry 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 and it just it's this it's this progression of uh He's he's not like dismissing things. He's just retreating from them. Right. So that makes his character less uh, dismissive and more um, empathetic. Empathetic. What I'm not seeing from Noctis is any em- 
I have no empathy for this character. He's just shouting about how his dad saved him and no one else. And he's got survivor's guilt. And none of these things are interesting or novel. It's just, it's, it's very pretty. Oh man. There are so many graphics. You can't even count them all. It's true. You can eat fried chicken outside in this video game. So from my perspective, who's playing through his first JRPG. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Chrono Trigger, yep. super accessible. Yes. Hack seems yep. pretty accessible. Thank you. Nice. This seems like the least accessible JRPG of all time. Yeah, tell me about it. I, I don't even know where most of the gameplay is. Like, is it supposed to be fun to just drive your car on the speed limit? Like, All right, if, the if the car can fly, then maybe. And you can fly through, like, rings in the sky how for big, no reason. How big is this world? I've only seen, like, the same couple of beaches and, and, street, and street sides. Like, how open world? Right, they're showing you a lot of different types of terrain, so but it, it seems to be all the same different types of terrain. As someone who has made videos to promote their game, whenever you see a, a promotional video for a video game, ask yourselves, where are they lying? Because everyone lies when they make a promotional video for their video game. I'm not, I'm not totally clean on this. I've, I've stretched like what my game is capable of many times to show what it could be capable of. Right. But this trailer is lying. It's lying to us right now and it's not doing it very well. It's going to be, I'm still excited for it. I'm yeah. going to play the fuck out yeah. of this game. Yeah. I have to see how far they're willing to take all their stupid ideas. Cause it seems like they just got a bunch of stupid ideas, put them in a pot, stirred it half heartedly for a few seconds. And now it, they made a really beautiful game. That's going to play like shit. A few seconds or maybe 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, true. They're right. Stew. You were saying something about how this started out uh, as a different game? Yeah, so it started, and, and I don't know a ton about it. Yeah. I just know that basically uh, at one point they announced Final Fantasy versus 13, which was in about 2006. Mm-hmm. And it, through the development of that game, which was for PS3, mm-hmm. it morphed into Final Fantasy 15 on PS4, which uh-huh. is coming out 10 years after after it was first announced. So I guess my point was more that like, you know, maybe they just couldn't give up on some ideas. So they just included them, even Mm. though they could have used a little bit of more streamlining of the story or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling a little like I'm shitting on a game a little bit too much that I don't know a lot about. I feel like I might be crushing Stevie over there. Oh no, you're crushing Stan. Cause Stan has been the most hyped for this. I'm I'm still pretty hyped for it, but I think I'm in a good position because I like I said I don't own a PS4. I will not be playing this at launch. I would love to. I might come over to your house and watch you play it. If yeah. Your dad gets it. No, he like, will. Oh yeah. <laughs> and but like I still just love Final Fantasy games. So and and it, I'm more curious than anything. And I do think a lot of it is like silly, ridiculous, like in the few trailers that we've seen. But I'm still very curious as to where this is going. Yeah. Um, because I, there's so many different... You're right. There's so many different things in there. Personally, I think I would much rather watch this game be played than actually play it, uh, which will be an option to me since I am connected to the internet and I could just watch something on YouTube. But I feel like to truly understand what Square, what Square Enix and Japanese game developers as a whole think... So this is what they think we want. This is this game is what because you can't make a game this big in Japan with a Japanese team and just sell it to Japan. You're there are not enough people, not enough gamers. You're not going to be a success. So this game is what they think 
we want. And I want to see that because yep. that is a weird funhouse mirror. And maybe, maybe it'll be a wild ride. Maybe it'll be a terrible ride, but I'm going to be taking notes the whole way. It's also, it's also exciting for me because they're like hyping this of like the 15th one. That's a big number. Um, if, if this is what we're getting for 15, what the hell are we getting for 20? Because I am looking forward to that. Yeah, well, and that'll be in 50 years. I mean, that'll so. be a long yeah. time. But still, um, it's it does kind of feel like we're reaching the end of Final Fantasy. Like, not, yeah. that, not that we won't get a Final Fantasy 20. It's just like, this isn't really a JRPG. Right. It's devolving. Yeah. It's... It's pretending to be a JRPG, kind of, not very, but it's it's turning into just a game. And Final Fantasy has no real brand. It's just been whatever JRPG project Square has been working on, mm-hmm. and they throw a chocobo and a cactar in it and call it Final Fantasy. Right. Uh, because you really can't say that Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO, are similar in any way. Right. They're, the only, Oh, sorry. Yeah. The... I, I think this is a definite turning point, just like voice acting was a turning point for Final Fantasy X, mm-hmm. uh, and full motion video was a was a turning point for Final Fantasy VII. This is a turning point where we're going to see a lot more Final Fantasies like Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. And that means Final Fantasy, as we know, this generation is kind of done. Mm-hmm. Unless this somehow... So, like, this to me... And you, we, I mentioned this like off air, and you kind of mentioned the Final Fantasy VII seeing like a train and like indus- industry for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Because in all the other games, they they take place in these fantasy worlds, and they have industry in this world, but yeah. it's like built into the world, so we don't understand it fully. But, but when we see Final Fantasy VII and trains, and when we see cars in this, and and more trains in this, and flying cars, and like roads and cities, like. Like it looked like they planted, they took like a, a California city, mm-hmm. they just dropped it in there, threw some mountains behind it, like California has, and like there's tons of space in between. Like yeah. that's what it, that's what it reminded me of of a California town. It it reminds it it, it weirds me out. Uh, and the biggest disconnect for me is it's uh, capitalism plus feudalism. There's a king, but also there's fried chicken, right. like. They're in a car, but also the world is at war and there's a evil chancellor. Like these ideas are so completely uh, like you can't have you can't really have a society that has both of those things at the same time. Right. It's just it's bizarre. It's so weird. I want to know more. <laughs> it's it's one of those that like it can totally back and it, it right now I think pr- people are probably skeptical on it because. Like I said, and cell phones. I forgot, like cell phones too. Like, yeah. like using that is very much targeting like this new age of like this game feels. I know you said not accessible, but it it in a way it's accessible in that sense where it, we it, recognize all of these things that are in it. It's not like Final Fantasy X where you're riding around, or like, or even a chocobo, like riding around on a bird, or like. The Final Fantasy X, where you're like in these crazy worlds, and like there's like voice acting now that yeah. has like I don't know where I'm going with that. Okay, but. so, so like, <laughs> let, uh, Steve, behind the curtain for a quick second, Steve and I just recorded an episode of One Punch Man uh, for Steve and Kevin Watch Anime, and I was talking about how One Punch Man is sort of meta in that it understands all the narratives that go along with uh, shonen anime, and it uh, flips them and confronts them. I think 
this is going to be a, a very meta video game where it recognizes all these elements of a video game story and tries to include them, but also tries to tell its own story at the same time. So it's going to be confronting a lot of narrative uh, themes, and I don't know how successfully it's going to do that, but it's not going to care whether or not... It's the hipster of video games. It's going to appropriate all these different things, like mustaches and fixed-gear bikes, not really care about why they're there. They just think they're cool. Yeah, it's not going to be self-aware enough to realize why it's doing any of this. It's just doing it. It's taking all these fantastical elements and and basing them in reality. It's like they don't have to mesh. I just like them. It's like... I mean, it's it, like, oh, staves and dragons. Oh, well, that girl who's holding a staff is going to be on a cell phone later. Yeah. But you're right, what? Kevin. That could be its saving grace. That could kind of make it interesting enough to, right. s- to, to stick with. If they do it well, it's going to be like crazy cool. Um, yeah. But we'll, again, we'll is, see. That is, was, uh, I didn't really watch much else besides for the Tokyo Game Show. I didn't see a lot. I know there was a new Tales game um, yep. that everyone's raving about, little on the darker side because Tales games are. A little bit lighter, lighthearted, yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of. Yeah. Nintendo's not there. Nope. Nintendo's not there. Nintendo NX. Womp womp. So I don't give a fuck. Yep. Uh, well, um, did did fifteen get delayed? Uh, yeah. So fifteen was delayed recently. Mm. It was originally slated for September thirtieth. Now it's November 29th. It's it's still in the you know like fall window. Yeah, it's in the Christmas range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is good for it. It's and good. It'll a, sell PS4s. That's two, for fucking sure. A two-month delay is serious business, so I, I hope they get all the time they need to polish it. It's just like, hmm, September 30th is soon. <laughs> like, yeah. from that trailer, I would not have guessed it would be coming out like, yeah, this they, month. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, it was September 30th. Uh, we knew it was delayed before that trailer, mm. but now it's still coming out in a couple months. You know, like, is it going to be ready? Are we going to get another delay soon? You know, I, you know, as, as critical as I am, I know in my heart of hearts, I have to play this game because I have to, it, it will make me understand something about video games. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. at the very least, you'll learn something. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so final fantasy 15, again, I have no idea what's going on. I'm not the person for it. I thought the, in that trailer, the music was crap. I wish that I had more Florence in the Machine or Stick whatever. Up. Yeah, the, the music in the first one was spectacular. It was, I will say. It was so bizarre. But that was again, that was all of the uh, appropriated elements working together yeah. instead of making you weird. Yeah. Out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that's probably. Does anyone have any final thoughts on Final Fantasy 15? Are we ready to wrap this? Show Read up? a review before you buy it, unless you're me. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're half of the people, they're already doing going to play this game, right? They're already doing PS4 bundles with it. It's going to sell PS4s. Uh, um, unless you're Michael Anthony Cole, my father, <laughs> Pop who, Cole, who is going to buy this game and probably love it. Uh, maybe read a review before you buy this game. Like, don't don't give into hype culture. Um, but if you're really super curious about it, like I am. There's no persuading you. Yeah, you it's just true. gotta. You yeah. gotta play. If I had a PS4, you'd better. Maybe, maybe. That. Hear me out, Stevie. Maybe you should get a PS4 to play it, even though it's gonna suck. Shoot a bonus wedding. I should. Just yeah. shoot a PS4 I got, wedding. I got no cash, man. My bank Straight account is cash. dwindling. Mm. All right. Um. Uh, but I think we're coming to a close here. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wrapping up it's 47. Time, it's time for plugs. 
Uh, All right. Best segment on the show. Yep. 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 Everyone uh, everyone looks forward to it. I'm starting with Stevie. Okay. Um, I got a, had a lot of work this summer. It's been very good. Uh, fourth year in Steve Sheridan photography, or third year in Steve Sheridan photography. Whoop. You can check me out on Facebook for updates. I just did a puppy shoot the other day, so check that out. It's um, uh, Facebook slash BST Photo. Uh, Steve Sheridan Photography. Steve Sheridan Photography. Yep. Um, and you can also find me on the web mm-hmm. at stevesheridanphoto.com. Mm-hmm. Updates to the website will be coming soon after I get a, had a few few weddings drinks that I've shot. In you. Yeah, a few drinks in me. Got to get a few drinks in me and then start you know plugging away at the the website. But uh, updates to that are coming soon as well. Um, you can send all complaints to the Game Show Show Bro <laughs> to at bstevephoto. Um, and watch the or listen to Stephen Kevin watch anime so you don't have to. Uh, as Kevin mentioned, we just recorded a podcast, so finally some updates there. And uh, I think that's all I got. All right, Kevin, you've talked a lot about hack, but yeah, so uh, you can find links to all my stuff on my Twitter. Uh, I am at real Kevin Cole, uh, C O L E. You can you can probably find my name below where you're listening to this podcast, and it'll take you to my Twitter. Uh, I make video games. Uh, I talked about hack a lot. Uh, it's not out yet, but it, it is coming out. Uh, just follow me on Twitter and, and you'll be up to date. Um, you can also follow my company, super try studios, which is basically just me talking in, in my company voice. Uh, you can listen to me on the game time show, bro. Yeah. Uh, and you can listen to me on Steve and Kevin watch anime. So you don't have to, which is now on iTunes in addition to GameTimebro.com. Uh, I think that's it for me. I think that's all the things I do. I make games, I tweet, and I podcast. So There you go. Um, yeah, and as always, Game Time Bro. Uh, go to our website, GameTimeBro.com. You can get all of the, the content we just listed. Uh, go to We're on Instagram and Twitter at Game Time Bro. Uh, I'm, I think I'm putting our Facebook page. I'm going to publish it finally. Nice. Facebook.com slash game time, bro. Nice. Like us, please, on there. Kevin was yep. giving me two thumbs up and, you know, click Reminded that thumbs you, of up. Of course. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Um, Can I plug something for you? Please. Go to YouTube.com. I did a, I did a fun little pixel animation for the start of our bro downs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, we wiped the floor with Keith's face, Steve and I. Yeah, we did. Uh, in some Madden 2K14. Yeah. Oh, 2K10. 2K10. 2K10, yeah. 2K10? <laughs> no, Madden 10. Oh, Madden 10. Madden 10. Different game. Okay, okay. Um, you did. But that was just the first game in a best of seven series. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see if uh, we're Keith... We're going to crush you. We'll see if uh, Keith Mercy Rule uh, Sheffer can pause <laughs> way back. Dude, I... Okay. <laughs> All right, one last plug. Steve, <laughs> it was Steve Stanvik's fault. <laughs> <laughs>